0: everyone again it's good to see you this morning good to be with you this morning so today we're going to be finishing our series on experiencing god we're wrapping it up over the last several weeks we've looked at experiencing god through sabbath through worship through our emotions, through nature, that really God is in everything that we do, right? He's in our highs and our lows. He's in our happies and our sads. He's all around us. We can go outside and and really just experience God by looking at what he created. In the last few weeks, we've, we've seen that there is tangible ways that we can experience him. So today, we're going to wrap it up and, and we're going to just talk about experiencing God and, and this question of like, okay, that's great. We've talked about him being everywhere, but like, how do we do that? Because talking about experiencing God can be kind of scary sometimes because it's like, am I doing it right? Like, am I really experiencing him or is it in my head and we can go back and forth and and while I was prepping for today if I'm hundred percent honest when I put this series together I uh, I didn't think through how challenging it would be to write a sermon about it so um, (laughs) I like tasked all these other people to go write sermons and then it was my turn and I was like oh this is hard my bad So it was challenging for me to write a sermon on experiencing God because it looks different for everybody. There's no way to, like, deduce it into a package um, because my experience is going to be different than Burns' experience and Burns' experience is going to be different than Jennifer's experience. And, and so as I was sitting there and I'm writing this sermon and I'm like, dagnabbit, we need to pick a, like, well done, Kat, well done. But it's beautiful because it stretched me. So we're going to, we are going to look at experiencing God in our everyday life, but, but that moment of experiencing and, and how do we allow God to meet us? Because really that's what it is. When we experience God, we're saying yes. We're saying, hey, I'm here. I'm open. I want to meet you. Like meet me where I am. Or I'm going to meet you where you are. So before we jump in this morning, will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for, again, who you are. Thank you for the fact that you meet our needs, Father. God, I pray for, uh, for the words that you've given me, God, that they would not be mine, but they would be yours. May I be Bold and courageous, Father. God, may, we, may our hearts and our ears and our eyes be open to you. And we pray, amen. So as I was preparing for this morning, I was trying to find a passage to, to land on. And that was really the hardest part, right? I could write a topical sermon all day long on experiencing God. Like we could... I could just stand up here and give you a TED talk. Um, So trying to find a passage because like the whole book, the whole Bible is experiences. The whole Bible are people's experiences with God. So you've got all the way from the very beginning, Adam and Eve. And then I thought of like Moses and the burning bush or Job at the end of all of his hard things that happened to him. Um, Or you've got like Paul, and the disciples, and all of these, and Jesus, like, all of these experiences. So and so, I was like, okay, how do you do a whole a sermon on a whole book? You don't. Um, and so I was like, well, what can we learn from these experiences? And as I was literally writing that sermon, Samuel popped into my head. And for those of you who don't know who Samuel is, he... Um, is a prophet correct no prophet yeah i'm right listen people there's a lot there's a lot of people in the bible and getting their roles straight is hard so samuel is a prophet but what the cool thing about samuel is samuel's mom hannah so desperately wanted a baby and she had been barren and for her that was a big deal because in those in the culture in that day and age, that was a woman's role was to reproduce. And so it was almost shameful that you would not reproduce a child. And there was a lot of shame and guilt that she felt. And so she had this moment where she literally cried out to God where they thought she was drunk with wine. Like she was like, God, if you give me a child, I will commit him to you. Which at being a child, that's a lot like for for me to be old enough finally to get it and Samuel's mom would be like okay so honey I prayed for you and before you get to decide you're God's like okay cool mom you just birthed me into being a prophet that's no big pressure or anything like that but then after having a child like the commitment that Hannah had to God was beautiful like she was she honored that commitment that would be hard for me But she did. And so when Samuel was a toddler, maybe a child's age, they don't give us specific, he's taken to learn under Eli. He's taken up to learn under Eli. And so he's young. And so that brings us to the passage we're going to look at today, which is in 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. So I'm going to read it for us. Um, It says, "Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said," Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he arose and went to Eli and said here I am for you called me then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy therefore Eli said to Samuel go lie down and if he calls you again you shall say speak Lord for your servant hears so Samuel went and laid down in his place and the Lord came and stood calling as at, as at other times Samuel Samuel And Samuel said speak for your servant hears I love this interaction because it feels so like human to me right because Samuel's probably like school age he's probably I mean I don't know he might be as old as Isaiah is 9 10 somewhere in there maybe a little younger maybe a little older And so he's never had this moment of learning God's ear, and so naturally he goes and runs to the person whose voice he knows. And I love that that like that moment where he's like keeps going back to Eli, and Eli's like, "Dude, I am literally not calling you." And Samuel is like, "I must be going crazy. Like it's in my head. I'm going nuts." And he keeps calling, and he keeps going. And then this moment for Eli to realize like, oh, this is God trying to speak to Samuel. But one of the things is it's like it took Eli a moment, probably because it says at the very beginning, like God had been pretty distant in those days. There hadn't been this frequent moment of his voice being heard. And so it took Eli even a minute. So there's just this really like human interaction happening where it's like, I feel like we can be like that, right? Like God might be speaking to us maybe through somebody else or I don't know if you guys have like the voice in the back of your head and we like go to what is known. We go to what is familiar thinking it's, it's that that's the answer and it's like, nope, that's not it. And it just keeps happening and keeps happening. And so finally, Samuel says, speak Lord for your servant hears and that's the verse that like hit me hard when i was reading this passage like speak now for your servant hears in another in the nib it says speak for your servant is listening samuel didn't do anything fancy for God to meet him. Samuel didn't like conjure anything up or create this perfect atmosphere for him to experience God. He didn't like eat a certain, like he didn't like eat something certain that day and he didn't like pray a certain amount of time and he didn't like, uh, you know, spend his 30 more minutes in the morning and his 30 minutes at night and his 30 minutes in the middle of the day and, and he didn't read a certain passage, or for them, they had scrolls, right? And he didn't do anything for God to show up. Literally, all he did was say, speak, for I am listening. I feel like we've complicated things. We've made things really complicated. When I was growing up, I grew up in the church i from the age of four is when my parents became christians and so i don't really remember before that and i remember being in high school and i loved my youth pastors they were great and honestly like they did the best they could with what they had what they were taught but i would stress to my core about what i thought was a formula a plus b equals c like Thirty minutes of undivided attention read my Bible journal equals good Christian like I will God will meet me if I do this this and this and I it like stressed me to my core like it overwhelmed me if I didn't spend my 30 minutes I don't know why 30 minutes became a thing but 30 minutes was a thing like did you spend your 30 minutes with God like no there was just this like guilt and shame if I didn't do it but then the stress of the only way to experience God was if I did it and then I moved to Nashville when I was 20 something it's eight years in September will be since I left California and I moved to Nashville and it was in in Nashville that I met God in a way I had never met him before it was in Nashville that I realized that all these formulas that I had been holding on to did not matter. <laughs> they they were honestly kind of holding me back. Cuz I was so stressed out that the the beauty of my relationship with God was gone. The fluidity of my relationship was gone because I was so bound by this expectation. And as I started to chip away at that and be realized like, Oh, okay. If I have five minutes, that is adequate. If I am in the middle of something and something comes into my mind and I shoot up a prayer in that moment, that is adequate. If I sit and pause for a minute, that is adequate. And even more so now in my season of life with two toddlers who wake up when they decide, and I'm going to be real, I am not waking up at four in the morning to guarantee an hour of silence. It's not happening. Okay? For some, that's great and that works for them, but that doesn't work for me. And so having to learn that God will meet me no matter what, as long as I'm willing, has been so freeing. Like we preach freedom, right? We say, come to Christ because there is freedom in Christ. And then it feels like there's all these rules and constraints. And I don't know about you, but when there's lots of rules and like expectations, that doesn't feel a lot like freedom. It feels a lot like being constricted. And what if I don't fit that mold? Well, then there's not space for me. Okay, if there's not space for me, then why would I explore? But reality is, like, there is space for all of that. And I'm not in any way saying that liturgy and church tradition and any of those things don't matter because they do. They are beautiful things. I mean, look at this building. We're in a Catholic church, and they have some great traditions. And we can appreciate those and love those. But they are not required for us to experience God I feel like there are probably lots of opportunities in my life that I missed God because I was so constricted to my formula because I wasn't willing to just stop and say speak for your servant is listening because it wasn't at 830 in the morning and it wasn't in my 30 minutes of devotional time. So God can only speak to me in those 30 minutes. But that's not true. If we look at at, like the life that Samuel and Eli led and the life of the prophets, they would sit for hours. Now I don't have hours, right? Most of us don't have just hours to sit. And that's okay because the the only thing I really truly believe the only part of the formula that is needed is for us to be willing to just pause and say yes like those two things and that kind of feels like a formula but it's not because it's different for everybody everybody's yes looks different everybody's timing looks different for some people they're in a season of life where they can sit and they choose to sit for hours and that is beautiful And then for others, that is not something that is easily done, whether it's season of life or personality or whatever that is, because the reality is our yeses look different. Our experiences look different and our pausing looks different. And so for me to stand up here and tell you, well, this is what you have to do. X plus Y equals whatever. There's not a one shoe, one size fits all. When it comes to experiencing God. And I think Eli, Eli got that with Samuel, right? He didn't say to Samuel, okay, when you hear the voice next, like, you know, find a quiet spot, like go do this, go do that. He literally just said, okay, when you hear it again, just say speak for your servant is listening. really stephanie mentioned last week she was talking about meeting god in nature and i and i loved the bits of what she said that i heard Um, but one of the things she said was if you have not experienced god yet and i would argue that many of us have experienced god but we're so worried that it didn't look like some grandiose thing That it doesn't count see Samuel's meeting with God his first encounter with the Lord his first experience with God was not in any way grand he was in a a room he was in the temple laying there and he had that moment with God And that counts. He was changed. His life was changed. He now knew the Lord's voice. And and there is so much beauty in that. But I think a couple things can happen. I think we can miss those interactions with God because we're so worried that it doesn't look a certain way. Or we can miss those interactions with God because we're so busy, 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 go, 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 that we don't even stop long enough to say, I'm listening, God, meet me. I think both of those things happen. And sometimes they like interchange happen. I think there's two like really things that we can do to kind of like change the tide of how we look at experiencing God. And the first is all experiences count. They all matter your experience, wherever you are in your walk with God, whether you are in a relationship with him and you're like, I'm sold out, I'm committed, or you're in a space where you're asking a lot of questions and you're trying to figure out what this even looks like. Those moments, they matter because you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all together in order for God to meet you. In order for you to experience who he is Samuel was a boy like think of those kids like those kids let's teach them how to experience God how do we teach Oliver at almost two that his moments maybe matter like it you don't have to be a certain age You don't have to have a certain way of life. You don't have to look a certain way. You just have to say yes. And then the other thing is pausing. Guys, we live in a society that teaches us to constantly move. To be tired is to be glorified. If you are exhausted, you are praised. If you are literally like falling apart at the seams, people are like... You're doing great. Keep it up. And you're like, no, I'm literally dying. I am so tired. I uh, we had COVID a couple of weeks ago and um, it was me and the kids, lucky Jacob. Um, he stayed healthy. <laughs> and so once it was me and the kids, uh, it meant that Jacob was like, I'm staying healthy. <laughs> he was around. Don't get me wrong, but he did keep his distance. And uh, I got to the point on like Tuesday night that I my body was like so tired. Like I was physically just exhausted, trying to take care of two sick kids while you're sick. It's exhausting. And I literally had nothing left in me. Thankfully, my parents also got COVID so they were feeling better. So on Wednesday, my mom picked up the kids and took them for the whole day. And our house was a wreck. Like, You know it's survival it's hunger games out there when everybody's sick it's just survival of the fittest and i literally laid in bed all day wednesday did nothing but just lay sleep watch tv pray a little but i just i I, my body was exhausted and the amount of shame and guilt i felt for resting for taking care of my sick body was unmatched. Like I was like, okay, cat, like you should be doing laundry. You should be doing dishes. You should be picking up toys. You should be doing all of these things. But my body was like, you physically cannot move. Like besides wh- getting up to go feed your body and fuel it with food and then coming back to bed, that is all you're required to do. I struggled to let myself slow down I can pause for five minutes I can pause for an hour but to pause for an entire day like oh no 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 when we pause people almost look at us like we've lost our minds like we are letting somebody down by stopping but see, it's when we stop that we're able to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I'm not saying God's not in the chaos, because he totally is. And I'm not saying God's not in the busyness, because he is. But just because he's there doesn't mean we're experiencing him. We have to slow down long enough to see him. And that takes commitment. Commitment. We have to be willing to say yes. We have to be willing to just breathe. Because I'm gonna be real, the next day I woke up and I felt 10 times better. I spent a day in bed. And I got to rest. And I wonder how many of us need rest. But because of expectations or responsibilities right we all have responsibilities taking that is really hard but it's so important it's so important for our heart it's so important for our souls it's so important for our well-being to be a functioning member of society we cannot run ourselves into the ground so what do I want you to walk away from today with the first is all of our experience matter those moments that you've had with God whether they're big or small whether it was after a morning of meditation or five minutes outside they matter they change us when we experience God we are changed we can try to go back, but reality is we never really go back. And with our experiences, I want to see us start sharing those with each other. We hold them. We hold them in and we hold them so tight. Like they're beautiful. Let's share them with one another. How have you experienced God this week? As you leave today, if you have an opportunity Share how you've experienced God in your life, if you're comfortable. The second thing is to slow down and listen. Let's be like Samuel. Let's just take a minute to say, speak, for your servants are listening. As an individual, that matters. As a community, that matters. We, as a collective have to be willing to pause, slow down, say, speak for your servants are listening so that we can know how to love the people next door to us, how we can learn, how we can know to love the people that we go into work with. We do that as an individual, but we also have to do it as a community. And lastly, like there's no formula throw it all away figure out what that looks like for you what works for you to pause slow down and say yes to god and let's learn from one another let's learn from this community let's be willing to teach to share to experience God, together. Can you pray with me? God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for just this moment in time. God, as we get ready to, to take communion, and, and that is in itself an experience, will you meet us? God, we say as a collective, yes, Lord, we are listening. Speak. Here we pray, amen.